Friday's Digest, Season 1, Episode 7. Today we're going to walk behind the scenes of being a PhD student. Many contemplate whether or not they should go for a PhD and they see a lot of information online and hear it from friends, but not many people and not many PhD students talk about the difficult moments and the real behind the scenes of being a PhD student. So that will be the subject of today's podcast. We're going to touch on several topics. The first one will be your first day at the lab and your relationship rapport that you're going to build with your lab mates from the get-go. The second one will be your freedom as a PhD student and the huge difference between being a PhD student and an undergrad student. The third topic will be the depressing moments and, uh, you know, the very difficult times at the lab that sometimes feel like they last forever. We'll talk about how to deal with it and how to be prepared for it. We're going to touch on the questions that you will hear from your environment. We're going to talk about the scholarship, whether or not you should aim for a higher scholarship or are there any advantages of being paid less. And we're going to end with the concept of how is it like to being protected from the outside world and advantages and disadvantages of this protected environment. Okay, so let's get to it. Many people think about going for a PhD. They think about it for many years sometimes, and it's really hard to decide because there are many reasons not to go for it. A PhD takes usually around six or seven years at least. The benchwork, by benchwork I mean the amount of time that you actually need to sit at the bench. A bench is the equivalent of the desk at the office, okay? You need to sit and do the benchwork and it's really substantial the amount of time that you need to put in. Previously, I touched on the subject of whether physicians and dentists should also get a master's or a PhD. I also wrote about how you don't really need a PhD to do well in research. You're welcome to click on the links that I'll put in the description down below. I'm not going to touch on that. I'm going to touch on the behind the scenes and show you a different angle of what is it like being a PhD student. Now, I will say throughout this podcast, PhD student, I use that term PhD student because first, it's more catchy than a master's student. Second reason is the PhD takes longer, so everything is more dramatic and intense with the PhD. But many of the things that I will mention here and the topics also relate to the master's degree. Okay, let's first touch on the subject of your first day at the lab. Oh, the first day at the lab. It's magical and a bit traumatic at the same time. If you're not familiar with lab life, be prepared to feel very uncomfortable, okay, right from the get-go. In the beginning, you'll be completely dependent on your lab mates to teach you the in and outs and how things work. You will have to work with them at the time that works for them and not at the time that works for you. All the, you know, in research, the manuscripts and abstracts and exciting results are all well and good, but at the end of the day, it's all about the basic lab work of pipetting solutions. Pipetting meaning moving solutions from one place to another. This is something you do all the time in research. This is the essence of many experiments that you do. Washing dishes, using kits, 
sitting in front of the hood. A hood is an area that is partially sterile and you do some work with bacteria or cells in it. All this will be your day-to-day -day experience. Again, not the manuscripts, the abstracts. This will be your day-to-day -day life. You're the new guy or the new gal on the block. Your lab mates will be watching every single move you make right from the start. For those in the DMD PhD or MD PhD track, the double credential students, you will have to gain the trust of your lab mates. Double track students have clinic duties that will make it very difficult to accomplish everything during normal working hours. You will need the help of your lab mates. Usually double track students work at night, evenings, weekends, but at the beginning, you will need to learn everything from your lab mates and you will need to do so during their working hours. So you will need to put in the hard work and you will need to take the workload off them so they'll be able to trust you and help you in the future. Take home message for this topic. Again, this topic, your first day at the lab, and by first day, I also mean, you know, first weeks and first months in the lab. Be ready for the difficult few weeks and months of proving your worth to your lab mates. Your first day and weeks should be devoted to learning the job while taking workload off your lab mates. Wash the dishes for them, prep for their experiments, arrive before they do and leave after they go home. Okay, that will build your rapport with them. And that's my take home message for your first day or weeks or months at the lab. Okay, second topic. Second topic is your freedom. Your freedom as a PhD student. Being a PhD student is very, very different than being an undergrad. By undergrad, I mean the first degree, the BA, the BSc, or the first years of medical school or dental school. Those years are extremely different than your day-to-day -day life as a PhD student. Your day as a PhD student is not packed with courses. You don't have a lot of didactic assignments, if any, and you hardly have any tests. Instead, your daily routine is mainly dictated by, well, you. You dictate your daily routine. Of course, you have your mentor and your mentor will guide you, but at the end of the day, you. You as the PhD student decide what to do every single day. It can be wonderful, but it can be just terrible. You can spend weeks or months wasting your time on an experiment that just doesn't work. Or you can move forward every single day and feel great. But your life is very different from what you experience in your first years of being an undergrad. Now, I took three years off dental school to start my PhD. First year, I worked between seven and nine hours every day in the lab. In my second year, I worked more. In my third year, because I was really moving forward and I worked in two labs, my, my main lab and a lab that we were in collaboration with. So I came to work around, okay, this is going to sound crazy. I came to work around 4.30, well, this is crazy, 4.30 a.m., okay, almost every day. And some days I went home 6 p.m., some days 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy because it is, but I, I completed most of my PhD work in that third year. What I want to say is that the freedom allows you to decide what kind of schedule you have. 
if you want to just come five or six hours a day, I think you can make it work. By make it work, I mean you can come and go after six hours, but don't expect your PhD to be worth a lot if you do that, at least in the first few years. I remember when I stood at the Faculty of Medicine uh, and the Dean of Medicine walked in 6 a.m. He came like 6 a.m. every day and he saw me rounding up and down the stairs with my vials and going to measure something and he was shocked to see I was the only one in the building shocked to see uh, a student and he asked me what lab are you from I'll tell you mentor you're great and I told him yeah whatever uh, it w- what I want to say is it, it wasn't that I wanted to impress anyone I just worked because that was my schedule at the time that was my freedom to decide and I took it to that extreme okay but you can take it to another extreme it's up to you you write your own ticket okay but there is also something that can be misleading in this freedom. As an undergrad, you're used to taking tests at the end of each semester and be graded on these tests. And after the grade, that's it, you're done. You have deadlines, you need to submit your assignments. In the PhD, you almost don't have these deadlines, okay? And that can be misleading. And sometimes if you waste your time and think that your freedom allows you to do whatever you want without any consequences, after a year or two, you will find out the grave results of not having any results. And your great plans of submitting your thesis in a few years won't happen, okay? So this freedom can be misleading and you need to keep it in mind right from the get-go. Take-home message. Take a message, I repeat these words because they are extremely important. Your freedom can be misleading. The fact that you can take your time without seeing the immediate consequences will require you having a very good self-discipline and keeping a schedule. Next up, the depressing moments. Oh, that's, oh God, this podcast sounds terrible about the PhD. Just know that PhD is a great thing to have, okay? But behind the scenes, I'm taking you behind the scenes of the the more difficult moments, okay? It sounds like it's all terrible, but it's not. It's great. The vast majority of the PhD is great, but you need to be prepared for these moments. Sorry if it sounds like that, but this is the goal of this podcast. Let's talk about the the depressing moments in the PhD. Sometimes these depressing moments last forever, or at least they feel like they last forever. And that's a tough one. Those depressing moments are directly related to how you manage your time. When experiments don't work and you feel like you wasted time and you wasted the money of your lab, it's never fun. And when you repeat this experiment, only to get the same result, negative result, it's depressing. And when it happens for the third time, and sometimes it happens more than the third time, that's just the nature of being a PhD student, and this is the nature of science, okay? It can get you to feel drained, drained out, and without any motivation. Over the years, as a PhD student and also as a mentor, I learned how to minimize those depressing moments and work under a more tight schedule and a more thought-out schedule just not to get in this rut. In short, I can say that you should never, ever repeat an experiment before you understand what the experiment is about, what went wrong or what should be changed or corrected. Just repeating an experiment and doing the exact same thing is something you should never, ever, ever do. If you don't understand and you don't know what you need to do differently, you need 
to ask your mentor. Sometimes it feels embarrassing, especially when you're just starting, but you need to be open and share your hardships with your mentor in order to deal with these kind of hardships. It's very, very, very important. Another thing that I find helpful, this is more with my students as a mentor, you can just start another project. If you have a project that doesn't go well, but it's, it's the main project of your PhD, you can start another project, a side project that has a higher chance of succeeding. It can add to your PhD thesis. That side project will give you the positive emotions and will allow you to feel the good moments and those good moments will be your energy when you go back to the project that is more difficult and needs more time in order to accomplish the results. So if you start another project, another side project with a higher chance of succeeding, it will give you a lot of benefit emotional-wise and also results-wise. Sometimes these side projects end up as the PhD because they just grow and grow and you find out great stuff about these side projects and your first project is not the project that you are you end up submitting and this is especially true in your first or second years so you can ask your mentor if another project is relevant and as a mentor think about this option with your students take home message so again we are at the topic of the depressing moments okay I'll make it sound horrible that last forever or feel like they last forever in the phd the take home message you need to understand each experiment before pinning it and you need to be open with your mentor about your hardships and with this kind of state of mind everything everything will become much easier okay these are the main three subjects that i also touched on in my newsletter now i'm going to touch on few other topics that i find not many people discuss or being open about them there are the questions that you hate hate hearing as a phd student so if you're a phd student just be prepared to hear these questions and you'll yeah it will make you angry and if you're listening to my podcast and you know a phd student don't don't ask them these questions never okay the questions have you published yet oh god this is a horrible question never ask a phd student have you published yet how many years do you have left no, don't ask that. Nobody knows, okay? Unless they're really at the end of their of their track and they know that they're about to submit their thesis in about two months. Okay, never, ever ask that. But again, as a PhD student, you will hear these annoying questions. And last annoying question is, what are you going to do with your PhD afterwards? Are you going for a postdoc later? Or are you thinking about having your own lab? Oh God, don't ask these questions, okay? They are so annoying. Nobody knows, just don't ask PhD students these questions and as a PhD student, just be prepared to hear them. They're annoying. Scholarship. Some programs have the scholarship built in, meaning you and your mentor don't have any way of changing it. But there are times where certain labs and mentors can't pay the full amount of the stipend of the scholarship, meaning you get paid less compared to your lab mates or the other labs. Usually when students look for a place to start their PhD or master's, they want the highest stipend available. That's natural. Of course, you want to be paid as much as possible. But just know that there are advantages of being paid less. 
if you are being paid less, it gives you more freedom time-wise. If during your first year, you need more time to yourself or you're still working in another job, that will give you the freedom to leave early. In my first year, I was paid a low stipend, but I just went to my other workplace around 3 p.m. every day. That was considered a really early time to leave the lab, but everyone understood and I made more money at that job. I was an SAT instructor, a psychometric exam instructor, and that allowed me to gain a lot of teaching experience. And when I got to my second and third year in research, I minimized the time as a teacher and spent more and more time in the lab. But if I would have been paid more right from the get-go, it wouldn't give me the freedom that I had. So I'm not telling you look for a lab that pays the least. Of course not. But if you really want to go for a lab that doesn't have a lot of money at that time, there are advantages to being paid less as well. Just remember that. That's an unconventional opinion, I know. I don't think many people talk about it, but that's the reason of this podcast. Lastly, the concept of living inside the protective environment of the lab and the research world, the scientific world as a student. It's a very calm place to be. You are being paid, but because it's a scholarship, you don't pay taxes on your scholarship, so you don't need to deal with anything financial. It just goes into your bank account and you don't clock in, okay? You can come and go in general whenever you want. Of course, the reality is your mentor will expect you to spend time in the lab, of course, but the reality is you're free to do whatever you want with your time and it can be an advantage and it can also be a disadvantage. Some people reach the end of their PhD and about to submit their thesis and go out there to the world. Sometimes it comes as a shock to start working for less money and having to punch in, you know, you need to come at a certain time and leave at a certain time. So what I want to say here, there is no take-home message here, just to say that living in this scientific world as a research student is a very calm place to be. And those years that you are devoted to research will serve you well in the years to come. But if you plan on getting out of this environment, this protective environment, you need to get experience of how to run a lab as a day-to-day -day experience. You need to be familiar with all the financial aspects and be familiar with all the politics that sometimes exist inside the research world. So remember that because you're protected from all this as a student, you should pay attention to all these because afterwards, you will need the real life experience in order to deal with everything that you need to deal in your real job, not the PhD student. Okay, that was today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, have a great weekend. <laughs>